Do you love movies of a certain age? Do you miss the days of VHS tapes and VCRs and video rental stores? Is the thought of another 80s movie being remade seem inconceivable? If you want to go back to school, back to the future, or even back to the beach, then the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast is for you. I'm Tim Williams, the creator and host, and on each episode, I'm joined by a guest co-host as we revisit a different 80s flick to discuss our first-time watch memories, iconic scenes, and even learn some behind-the-scenes stories along the way. New episodes drop every other Friday on your favorite podcasting platform. So make like a tree, get out of here, and go listen to an episode of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. Welcome to this moving panel's one shot. Let's have a nerdy little conversation. Uh, joining me today is the creator and host of the 80s Flick Flashback Podcast. It's Mr. Tim Williams. How are you, Tim? I'm doing great. Well, Laramie, thanks for having me once again. It's always fun to talk about comic book stuff. Yeah, and so what we're talking about today uh, is the first two episodes of Hawkeye that were released. We're going to kind of give our thoughts of this series, uh, predictions maybe of where it's going to be headed, how it compares to the other series, and uh, all that jazz. So just a little, like I said, conversation about the Hawkeye series that just premiered on Disney Plus uh, last week. Mm-hmm. And so uh, here we go. So <laughs> um, just initial thoughts. What were your just overall initial thoughts of the first two episodes? I loved it. Uh, absolutely loved it. I mean, I was excited about it from the trailers that came out. Of course, setting it at Christmas time is uh, always fun. Kind of gave you that kind of diehard Lethal Weapon vibe of like good action with snow falling and, you know, good action with uh, Christmas carols instrumental in the background. So which it did deliver on a few few spots. So are we saying that Hawkeye will be a Christmas, uh, I guess, series? Yes. Like something you watch at Christmas time. <laughs> it's Die Hard's a Christmas movie. There you go. Uh, Lethal Weapon, I still kind of, eh. I mean, it's not as Christmas heavy as Die Hard is. Mm, no, but it's still set at Christmas, so it yes, works. it is set at Christmas. But other it, than really, really other than the opening of Lethal Weapon, I mean, there's nothing else that is Christmas centered. Well, we'll discuss that because that's my next episode. So, uh, so well, there you go. <laughs> so, we'll, we, you feel feel free to drop in on that episode in in a, in a week or two, and yeah. uh, and you'll get the full skinny on the, what all. What all is so Christmassy about Lethal Weapon? So, but yeah. much like Die Hard, I will say this: much like Die Hard, it begins and ends with Christmas songs. So that it is sandwiched with classic Christmas songs for the opening credits and the beginning of the closing credits. So, all right. there you go. Very interesting conversation. You have to check that out on the '80s flick flashback. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, what would you think of? Uh, so, uh, look, I, I have to first <laughs> off say I don't think I have ever just connected faster with mm-hmm. a character than mm-hmm. I had with Kate Bishop. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Immediately. Like I really like this character. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. see what this character is going to do. Yeah. Haley Steinfeld is great in oh, this yeah. part. And so it, it's going to be fun. I'm mm-hmm. very curious to see. I like the comedy aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, but let's go ahead let's start from the, the very beginning. Cause I definitely yeah. want to talk about this. What were your thoughts about Rogers the Musical? <laughs> um, it's kind of, you gotta love it, but you also have to hate it at the same time. It's like a weird, like, I loved 
the sound of it's like it's very Broadway. It actually it has that it draws you into that Broadway presence. But then I kind of you know I I uh, I sympathized with with Hawkeye because it's like I live this horrific experience and here you are singing and dancing to it as if it was a fun old time when really it wasn't. Yeah. But the the music of it was phenomenal. I was like, okay, is this going to be on the soundtrack? Because I may want to go back and actually <laughs> listen to this. And then I I'd actually seen one. I'd seen a reviewer on on the one of the social medias that said uh, he he had seen the two episodes earlier, and he said I need the full Rogers musical as soon as possible. So yeah. he was obviously I know there's a lot of people who that. feel that way. Yeah, they 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 just want the Rogers musical. They was just make <laughs> it a make it a thing. Right, right. Yeah, I got a kick too. He's like he he was like well. Yeah, but Ant Man wasn't there though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, and then they make him look so young and puny, like his character. I yeah, like, I didn't really most, understand. I got his the, the lankiest, the lankiest kid, you know, playing Hawkeye. But you know, I think it was kind of a nice little, kind of a tongue in cheek, or you know, a nice little wink to Marvel in the sense of, or maybe to the fans that were not very happy with how Hawkeye was portrayed in the Avengers movies. Like he really didn't get as much of a story. So it's like in the musical, he doesn't get much of a story either. So it's kind of like, Hey, he's a, he's a secondary character. So I thought that was an interesting little, uh, at least that's kind of how I read it. Uh, you know, I actually you know, I said, we started at the beginning. I actually need to go back even further. Yeah. Uh, I love the, the connection to put Kate Bishop and her family Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right inside of, the invasion from mm-hmm. the original Avengers movie. Yeah. Loved that aspect of it. You know, they give her kind of the tragic background of her mm-hmm. father being killed in the invasion. I, I really like that. I, like, yeah. It's just a great way to connect it all. Yeah. As soon as I saw that 2012 pop up, I was like, oh, we're going back to the battle of New York. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was just kind of waiting for that moment. So it was, I was, a little overly anticipating. So I think I'd probably need to go back and watch that first opening segment because I was kind of, okay, when is, when are we going to see the battle in the background? When when are we going to hear the rumble of those, uh, you know, those big worm like ships or whatever. Uh, But it was a good way to, I think it was a great way to set up the story. And then for her to see Clint Barton or Hawkeye in action and that kind Mm -hmm. of spawn her desire to learn archery and become the best at like martial arts and, fencing and all that kind of stuff I thought was pretty pretty cool. Yeah, I liked how we got all of that in the the opening credits. Yes, the opening of, credits were yeah, fantastic. Showing where she's trained and mm-hmm. not just in archery, but she's a gymnast and she's done mm-hmm. martial arts and kind of given I, I actually said this watching now, so it kinda gives her a Batman. They're going the <laughs> Batman route where she's rich and mm-hmm. so she's able to do all of this stuff and right. pay for all of this high end training and mm-hmm. then of course we see we get kate bishop and she is uh <laughs> causing a huge <laughs> uh huge nightmare at what i guess is supposed to be her college yeah um of breaking the uh the bell tower i had a problem with that though it didn't seem like she over like went too far in how she no. caused the bell to ring. It was no. like, has the bell just never rung? And maybe yeah. it was... That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that's how the bet came about was we've never heard the bell ring. Does it ring at all? And so she was like, well, I could probably shoot my arrow and hit it. And if it'll move, then we'll see. So I'm, 
I like you, I'm assuming that it's been stationary for a long time yeah. and that that was the reason why they were not going to ring the bell because it wasn't sturdy enough for the motion had, of the hadn't bell. Hadn't been secured. Right. The, the rope hadn't been checked to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I yeah, I had a little problem. With that. I was like, what's called? I don't get it. Like, <laughs> she didn't do anything major that would cause mm-hmm. that bell to go out of um, out of control or anything. But right. So... We get into the story. Um, we have her with her mother and soon-to-be mm-hmm. stepfather. Right. Uh, she finds out that they are engaged. Now, I want to talk about them really quick. Okay. Because this is this goes into episode two as well. If you ask me, they're laying on it. They're laying it on a little thick mm-hmm. that Jack is the villain. Yes, very thick. So I don't think he's the villain. No, I well, think he's I a. This, I think he's a jerk. I think yeah, he's a yeah. horrible person. I think he could be a piece, but he's not the. You know, there's always the bigger threat. You know, in the especially in the in the television shows, like they'll you'll think it's this bad guy, and then by like episode five, it's like, oh no, there's a bad guy that's you know bigger than this bad guy. But once again, I think it's it's one of those things. Like, it's is it a red herring? Are we trying to set him up to be? the true baddie or is he just, you know, he's definitely a jerk, but I do think coming from that, I guess the second episode where they have the fencing duel and she's like, he's hiding something, he's hiding something, but he could be hiding something about the relationship. Not necessarily that he's, you know, well, he he stole Ronan's sword. Right. Yeah. He does have that. Yeah. Which again, I don't think is a villainous thing. I I think it's just that he's this obsessed, you know, sword collector, sword collector. And so he saw an opportunity and he stole the sword. Mm -hmm. So after watching these first two episodes, do you have any prediction as to who the villain could be? No. Don't say Mephisto. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. Yeah, this one. We'll see. Knowing that we have, uh, is it Ilyana? I'm going to mess up her name from Black Widow, Black Widow's sister. We know that she's going to come in at some point because she believes that Hawkeye is the one that killed Natasha. So So you think she'll enter in this series? Yes. I mean, that's been pretty much well established. I just don't know when, if she'll come in at the very end or... Uh, you know, yeah. at, at you know towards the end of the second episode, I was kind of like, "Oh, or is this where we're gonna?" You know, is is she the boss of the of the mafia, the uh, tracksuit mafia? The tracksuit mafia. <laughs> Little on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't think she would be. No, but I was like, I was, but yeah, the more I thought, I was like, that they're they're too, they're too loosey goosey, kind of you know the dumb muscle than yeah. she would be involved with. So I wasn't that surprised. I kind of had that thought, but then I wasn't that surprised when they showed it with somebody else. Uh, yeah, but, I don't. But we know. I, I know she's going to come in at some point. But I also know because this, you know, what, what I will assume. I'm not going to say I know is that she's going to come in as an enemy and then become an ally to end up fighting whoever the big bad is. Uh, but then yeah. we got to fear with that common. There's got to be a commonality of that villain for the both of them. Uh, so that's what's going to be interesting. Which I like about this one. We don't really know who that bad guy is, or do we really need to know at this point? Well, I'm going to go ahead and and give my theory. I think it's her mother. Yeah, that's very possible, too. I really do. I mean, she... Well, first off, she's played by someone who is very good at playing a villain. (laughs) 
Vera Farmiga. Yeah, Farmiga. Yeah. I mean, other than the Conjuring movies, which I could argue that even though the Warrens are portrayed as the protagonist in those, the Warrens were not good people. <laughs> if you really look into them, I mean, they're they're con artists. Mm-hmm. But that's that's another <clears throat> podcast, right? But I mean, she played Norman Bates' mother. Uh, she's right, played, right. yeah, she's played villains and other things. I. And and then <laughs> I couldn't help but go, look, she's got this dark short hair. <laughs> I mean, she looks like a villain. Right, right. The fact that she was arguing with Armand mm-hmm. and then Armand ends up dead later that night. Right. And I know you're supposed to think that it was Jack, mm-hmm. but I think that's, that's because they want, they want you to right. think it's Jack. Even with the end of the episode two, when he has the butterscotch. Yeah, and I was like... I'm like, they're just laying this on yeah. too thick. And then I felt bad for her. I was like, come on, you got to be smart on that. He, Why would he kill his uncle and then take the candy from his house during the murder? I mean, it's his uncle. He's probably been to his house a million times. Yeah. And just has that candy Pocket with him. Some. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I didn't... I thought that was a little... I think she was definitely overreacting at that point and, and assuming way too much, but she's already got suspicion in her heart, so any small clue is going to kind of set her off. But Yeah. And then you're looking at the mom runs a security company, mm-hmm. which means she... I mean, we saw just from uh, Kate that they have the ability to triangulate somebody's phone yeah. Yeah. just off their phone number. Mm-hmm. So that means mom has who knows what other abilities in terms of... Uh, finding people mm-hmm. in terms of accessing, you know, their house yeah. without their yeah. knowledge. So we got all of that. I do think the tracksuit mafia is just a fun little thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to stay, but no, the the connection with Yelena, I, I don't see how they're going to do it. Now, if they bring her in and make her the villain, I would be a little disappointed. Yes, to be I would too. But then at the same time, if they bring her in, make her, you know, kind of a villain for an episode or two until, like you said, they realize that they need to work together. Then I start running into the issue of, does that take away from it again being a Hawkeye show? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm fine with it being Hawkeye and Kate Bishop. Right. Because that's, you know, he's training her to be the next Hawkeye. Mm -hmm. But then when you throw in the next Black Widow, does that take away... Yeah. From from Hawkeye. Yeah, I don't I honestly I don't think she's gonna have a huge role. Like you said, I think it may, she may pop in for an episode and it be that where, oh, you're my enemy, oh, you're not my enemy, here's a real here's what really happened with your sister. Okay, we're cool. And then she may disappear and just be but there's gotta be a reason why they're connecting those stories together in the future, so which is once again yet to be seen. So I'm I'm curious. I mean, I, I think she'll be a great addition, but I, yeah, I do worry about it convoluting the Hawkeye Kate Bishop overall story. But Marvel's pretty smart; they can <laughs> they can make it work. So let me ask you this: What are your thoughts? Because I I was a big fan of them adding this in, giving now Hawkeye the fact that he is partially deaf. Yeah, I did. Which I don't know if you're aware, that comes from the comics. Oh, I know, I wasn't aware of that. So, yeah, yeah, when they're in the theater during the musical and his hearing aid, she's, oh, you turn your hearing aid down. And then I noticed, but I remember in the movies, he always had like an earpiece in. 
And I was like, well, maybe it's an earpiece and hearing. I said, he's always had, you know, been hard of hearing. But then when they did that little flashback, he's like, how'd you lose your hearing? And they had the little different scenes of him busting through the glass and explosions by his face. Uh, and I forgot the line he had. That was pretty good. He's like, oh, I, I can't, I can't remember if he said it was like too tough to tell or he doesn't remember where exactly it happened. But I thought that was a cool little nod to him. So, but you said mm-hmm. that comes from the comics? Yeah. Yeah. In the comics, uh, Hawkeye is partially deaf. And so that uh, just a little aspect of his character, which I think is a great little aspect to mm-hmm. um, pursue. Uh, now, going into, when we go into Old Man Logan, uh, which, you know, Chad and I talked about in a previous mm-hmm. ep- uh, episode, if you get into Old Man Logan, uh, Hawkeye is blind. Oh, okay. So. And the whole other aspect. He's had, he's had a rough life. <laughs> yeah. I was I saying the comics? Was he always deaf, or did it become? Was it because of an incident in the comics, or do you know? You know what? I actually don't know. I, I would need to do a little bit more research to find out whether his him being deaf, because obviously this one implies that it's from all the blasts and explosions he's experienced as an mm-hmm. Avenger, and I don't know if that's the case in the comic or if it was you know something he was born with where he's gradually lost his hearing. Mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I've claimed this on several episodes. I'm not as big of a Marvel guy as I am a DC guy, so right. uh, I have to do a little bit more research. Uh, or ask Chad, because usually <laughs> yeah. I can find out more from Chad. You could add that as a segment of your podcast. We're, we now have a segment called Ask Chad. Who has a Marvel question for Chad? Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so moving on. What were what were some of the what were some of your favorite aspects of these or favorite moment scenes, you know, kind of playing off of what you ask on your podcast? Yeah. <laughs> like what were your favorite scenes of these two episodes? Um, I really enjoyed in episode one, you know, the action is what, you know, I really enjoy. Uh, well, I'll give my two favorite scenes. I'll I'll these are first two that kind of rise to the top. In episode one is when Kate Bishop puts on the Ronin suit for the first time and she's mm-hmm. kind of you know, it's kind of that origin story aspect of lear- learning what I can really do when faced with a true enemy. But, you know, she had some great fight scenes and she show she was able to kind of slip out. I love the uh, the line with, with the guy. She was like, you know, I thought I was the only guy, person working this. Oh, I talked to, was it Chad, she said? Maybe that's Gary. Gary, oh yeah. yeah. I, talked, I, I talked to Gary and then he comes up, who are you doing here? I, I, Gary sent me, I am Gary. <laughs> who are you? See, that's the problem. You don't even know my yeah. name, Gary. Yeah, you know, I thought that was a great line, and then she kind of darts away. But but that whole sequence I thought was was really good, so I enjoyed that. And then in episode two, my favorite scene is Hawkeye at the... Uh, I don't the know, LARPing. The, yeah, the LARPing where he yeah. you know, is like, let me kill you. What? I'm not going to let you kill me. You know, that that whole mm-hmm. story I thought was just really, really cool. I thought I was, it was great watching Jeremy Renner go through in the slow-mo where he's like killing all the people they're trying to yeah. bring their best move and he's just like flip the wrist and he's knocking them all out which i thought that was just a fantastic sequence that i i really really enjoyed so those are probably my two favorite scenes or the ones that that rise to the top for me so what about you uh no the the larp was definitely one of my favorites um i really liked the towards the end of the second episode when Clint gets himself kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. That was good too. And then he's, you know, they almost were mimicking a scene from Avengers with mm-hmm. black widow. Yeah. Oh yeah. I the black same widow thought. is mm-hmm. tied to the chair and she's really setting them up. Mm-hmm. And then I love the twist of, 
then Kate falls through the the <laughs> Where ceiling. Where is Kate Bishop? Where is Kate yeah. Bishop? I don't know just, her. I don't know her. And then she crashes to the floor. Oh, yeah, there she and is. just completely messes uh, his whole plans up because it was like, oh, what's he gonna do? You know, mm-hmm. you know, is he gonna have the his little chair fight and take these guys out? But oh, we of course didn't get get that. Mm-hmm. I, I also like that we're getting to really see because I can't think of any of the Avenger movies where we really gotten to see Clint as a spy because we forget right, he's right. he's a spy just mm-hmm. like Natasha was. Natasha yeah. was, and so the the smoothness of him coming to where her apartment's on fire mm-hmm. and just s- slipping yeah, on the yeah, the, the fireman, fireman coat. Yeah. And the little subtlety of that he always turns when somebody mm-hmm. walks by mm-hmm. so that, you know, he doesn't get recognized. Because uh, clearly they've established that people recognize him. Exactly, yeah. And so, yeah, him being in the the house. But going now, getting away from that. So was the guy who stole the suit, was he a firefighter? Yes. Did they... I couldn't remember if they established that or not. Yeah, because it was when he when he closed the door, there was yeah, the sticker. Yeah, it had the sticker. Yeah. Which, so it how like... he made that connection. <laughs> and then to find that exact firefighter's yeah. Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And then the fact that that firefighter had already, because it didn't seem like a lot of time had passed, Mm-mm. had already gotten home. Put put the suit on and posted Put the suit about on it. and made that video to right. post about. Right, Yeah, I was, there was a lot Throughout these episodes, and I'm going, how much time has elapsed? <laughs> well, he's only he got six days till Christmas, so that a lot happened in in 24 to 48 hours. Because in the in the second episode, he's talking to the wife. Doesn't she say says you got five. Four, she five, says you got five, five days, days left, so, but so, then it's already been a day, right? So, so yeah, we're talking about this. So, we're talking yeah, about this happened. entire series is going to take place in six days. Yeah. Now I do want to bring up because I don't want to forget. I just Go thought ahead. it was great. His daughter. Uh, Clint's daughter, the middle daughter, which mm-hmm. I thought for sure had to be his real daughter because they look they look very similar, but that's actually the daughter of one of the Russo brothers. Well, there so, you go. so I she kind of knew that. Yeah, so she was more like a cameo in, of course, the beginning of Endgame when we see her, you know, disappear. But I like I I thought she I I think she's doing great in her role. I mean, it's not a huge role, but for her to be kind of like a cameo of the director's kid. Now to have a little bit more prominence. I mean, she's definitely got more prominence than the other, the other two siblings. In well, the show. to be fair, Nathan, um, who I reminded my daughter as we were watching it, mm-hmm. or didn't remind her, she didn't know, but to tell her that his middle name is named after Pedro Quicksilver. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you remember that from Age of Ultron, but they. They let oh um, right 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 yeah they let Wanda know that mm-hmm. they've named him Nathaniel yeah I want to say they named him Peter not Pietro which you know obviously it's the same name mm-hmm. but it was because Quicksilver saved Clint's saved life, life. So exactly yeah gave up gave his life to save Clint's life so uh, <laughs> I like that I like that which... he he also they again going back to the the deafness the fact that they've shown that the family's already learning sign language yes yeah because that was cool yeah but i but a little not now that you say that about him about nate being middle name being peter that adds a little bit more a little more nod or a kind of a wink when they're outside the hotel it's like whatever you do don't lose your brother nate where is nate and he's yeah. also like well he's obviously <laughs> the quick one so he's gonna he's gonna escape without anybody seeing him so i thought that that's kind of a cute little uh, little little Easter egg. 
So he sends the family back home in episode two. Do you think they will be in play in the series? Or do you think that was just acknowledgement of the fact that Hawkeye is a family man and maybe all we'll get is like we got in the second episode where he just gets a phone call here and there? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. And, 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 you know, kind of going from the trailers we've seen, everything seems to take place in New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, It stays there. So... I don't think so. I think there'll be more, you know, hey, let's bring another 80s uh, movie that you and I have talked about, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. He just wants to get home to his family. Yeah. So maybe it's just that that kind of ending scene where he finally makes it to see them on Christmas Day. And that's kind of a good payoff for him at the end is what I'm kind of thinking of more than. I don't, I don't see them playing a major role, more or less just being where he, you know, a good connection for him to want to be home for Christmas. All right, so I I really don't know what much more we can say about this episode. <laughs> Again, we got two episodes. We got a great introduction to Kate Bishop. Yep. We uh, obviously we're finally getting to see Hawkeye really get to shine, which we mm-hmm. haven't really gotten to see a lot in the movies. I think that her mom is going to be a villain. Uh, I don't know how and in what way, but I do think her mom's going to be a villain. Right. Uh, I know there's there's some connection in the comics with her being a member of Hydra. I know that there's a connection in the comics with her maybe like she dies and then comes back from the dead. And so there might be a supernatural a- aspect, which mm-hmm. I kind of don't want to see in this. I kind of want to. No, I don't. <laughs> I kind of want them to keep it very like uh, very much like a Falcon and Winter Soldier was yeah, very I was grounded. Say the same thing. Yeah. But. You know, who knows? We could end up finding out that uh, her mom actually did die in the um, invasion at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And who we're seeing now is not actually her mom. We know that we're headed towards Secret Wars, so there could be right, right. could be a scroll connection here. Um, don't know. But that, that's going to be my shot. You think that Yelena is going to uh, maybe be a villain uh, even if it's only for a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. we don't think the tracksuit mafia is going to continue on <laughs> in the no, series. No, I think no, they're I just think they're just they're a, a catalyst. They're, yeah, they're a yeah. stepping stone to the next part of the the mystery. Yeah, but I, I do think this is going to be very much like Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where it's a lot of training, it's a lot of buddy comedy, but in a different way, with uh, Hawkeye having to work with the inexperienced Kate mm-hmm. and uh, I just I can't wait for them to be both in their purple costumes <laughs> I cannot which I love how Kate's already wearing purple yeah oh yeah like, yeah you know she are, which is funny because you would think well that's because she's idolized Hawkeye I was like yeah but you go back to Avengers his suit didn't have an awful lot of purple in no it. no uh, this is where they're supposedly in this show is where they're going to finally embrace the purple. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm I'm very excited to see when Kate finds out that Clint actually does have trick arrows. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I'm excited which seems about that. which seems to be going to be the next episode. So because uh, I don't know if you did, but if you watched the like the big the I guess like a 15 minute trailer they did for D23 which showed like the past shows. And then it also gave like glimpses of the new shows. They did a pretty big segment of Hawkeye and they pretty much showed 
the chase scene that's coming yeah. with them escaping. So, which looks fantastic. Yeah, and so, she uh, she yells like, "Is that a trick arrow? Is that a right. tr-? yeah?" No, I, I saw <laughs> you have, that one. You have ones more dangerous than this. Yeah, and he gives that look like I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, but yeah. So, uh, so so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to episode three for sure. And then I forgot to look to see how many if this is a eight or ten episode show probably eight or nine because that's yeah that's what i don't think we've, don't think we've done yet. a 10 yet uh we've, we've had eight and nine because uh, what if was supposed to be nine and then they cut out that one um one episode but uh but yeah so there we go first two episodes uh are down we'll get the rest and we'll try to see if uh once it's over if it's something we want to mm-hmm. come back and discuss the whole series in full but I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a great way to enjoy the holidays. Oh, it's yeah, something sure. to look forward to each week. Because <laughs> uh, usually this is the time where television starts to, you know, it takes a break. Mm-hmm. So you don't get a lot of stuff. I mean, you watch the classics uh, Oh yeah, and, and all. But, but I'm excited. So uh, there you go. There's our little conversation about the first two episodes of Hawkeye and our initial reactions, our first impressions, whatever you will. So thank you very much, Tim, for joining me with this conversation. Thanks for having me. It's going to be fun. I look forward to to more to come. And be sure to check out the 80s Flick Flashback podcast. Uh, I know you talked about Lethal Weapon. What other things you got coming up? Uh, I got Lethal Weapon. Of course, it's the holidays. We got Lethal Weapon is our kind of non-traditional Christmas movie we're doing this year like last year. Laramie and I did Die Hard. You should definitely go back and check that one out. Which is not non-traditional. That's traditional. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it depends on who you ask. <laughs> but then last year we did a Christmas story on Christmas, uh, like right at Christmas of this year we're doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And it's always the big con- big question, are you a Christmas story fan or a Christmas vacation fan? And I'm definitely a Christmas vacation fan more than Christmas story, so I'm looking forward to doing that one. And Laramie's wife, Beth- Bethany, is going to join me for that episode, so that should be a lot of fun. She so. is a huge fan of vacation. That is one that, <laughs> I mean, if she had the choice... Like you're saying, comparing it to Christmas Story, if if mm-hmm. Bethany had a choice, Christmas Vacation would play 24 hours straight in our house. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, check out. We got, of course, our Christmas episodes are coming up. Um, we've got one with Blake joins me to talk about an episode of uh, Batman the Animated Series. We do the famous Christmas with the Joker episode. And then I'm going to do a one-shot uh, teaching you a little bit about an unknown character called Jingle Bell. So be sure to check those out. But for today, for Moving Panels, I'm Laramie Wells, and I'll see you on the other side of the page. Mm-hmm.